teach your children to stop the fighting, start uniting all as one. Let's get together, loving forever, sanctuary for you. Oh Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Be seated, please. Well, Brother Ed, thank you for leading us in worship this morning and for Brother Rich for that uh, wonderful communion meditation. We really, really appreciate you and glad to see you're able to make it up these stairs with you. <laughs> you're back in pretty bad shape, so continually praying for you. I uh, want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, if you're visiting for, with us for the first time, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest and that you're always welcome to this church building whenever the doors are open. And we believe you've come to the right place because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Orange County. Hey now, hey, hey now, hey now. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you what. <laughs> We're expanding our vision. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I'm going to ask that you guys uh, keep my, my oldest daughter in your prayers, Alayla. She is at home uh, sick. She woke up this morning, and, and she's not feeling well. So Mary is at home with the two kiddos. So we love you. Daddy loves you. Hope you feel better if they're watching on live stream. The story goes, a young man decided to join the military, right? And he was conducting his enlistment physical when the doctor asked this new recruit, why do you want to join the army? Uh, my father said it would be a good idea, said the new recruit. And the doctor said, oh, and what does your father do? And the recruit replied, he's a Marine. Come on, I worked hard on that one. You can't give me, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. If you're in the military, you get it. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Anyway, as you know, tomorrow's Memorial Day, right? Uh, we all know this, and many of you are looking forward to your uh, three-day weekend and your barbecue if you haven't enjoyed some already, right? And it's a great holiday because it reminds us that spring is coming to a close and that these long, hot Southern California long summer days are upon us, filled with fun at the beach. Amen. So this is a fun time of year. I, I always appreciate uh, Memorial Day. But most importantly, tomorrow we remember those men and women in uniform that made a great and awesome sacrifice on behalf of us and our entire nation by giving their lives on the field of battle. And that's why Memorial Day is so important. The reason we're able to sit here in peace this morning is because of those brave men and women 
who decided to put on the uniform. You know, I, I've had family members pass away on the battlefield. I've had friends, good close friends, pass away on the battlefield. And what's so neat is that uh, if you look, if you ever get the chance, I want you to go visit our library. We have a library here at the church. Uh, it's close to the fellowship hall. So if you ever walk back there, you'll notice that there is a mural, uh, kind of like a hand-drawn, I think it's like a pencil sketch of this guy by the name of Micah Gifford. Chris, Chris knows who Mike is. Mike, Micah Gifford was a good friend of mine. Uh, at Harding University, right? We were in the same social club. We played football together. Uh, we, 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 we had wonderful conversations, and Micah decided to join the military. I would talk to him often about it. He, he became a paratrooper. He was airborne. He jumped out of airplanes. And Micah was killed in Iraq. Um, and every time I walk into that, uh, that library back there, I'm reminded of Micah because of that wonderful picture. So our library is af actually named after him. And what was so neat is I had no idea about this. So when I first got hired here and I walked into the library, it almost brought a tear to my eye seeing Micah's picture there. If you ever go back to my office as well, I've got a picture of Micah and I running on the football field behind this buffalo at, at Harding. I'd encourage you to come visit and look at it. It's really, it's really neat. But Memorial Day holds special significance to me because of the, of the people that, that I have had the chance of meeting that have passed away. Uh, so I just hope and pray that we all just kind of remember the sacrifices of, of those brave men and women in uniform. You know, today I, I could talk about... Um, how for the Christian that every day is Memorial Day, right? I can tie that together, right? Because Jesus died for us, and every day is Memorial Day for the Christian because we're always supposed to remember him and what he did for us. However, today I thought I'd talk about something a little bit different. I want to talk about what it means to be a soldier. And many of you aren't, uh, don't like that term soldier, right? <laughs> Maybe a Marine, maybe uh, a midshipman, maybe something else. But I want to talk to you today about what it means to be a soldier. And the title of the sermon this morning is A Time to Remember. A Time to Remember because it's time to remember that all of us who belong to the household of faith or are in Christ are called to be soldiers. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'm actually, up on the screen you see verse 12. I want to start actually at verse number 6. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. And you guys follow along with me as we read this text together. 1 Timothy chapter 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money 
is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. In verse number 12, finally, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you, were, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And the church said amen, right? I love this section of scripture. I often spend time reading uh, the pastoral epistles because they're so profound and there's so much there to exegete and to study, right? Uh, as we hop into this material, I would encourage you to open up your bulletins and in your bulletins you'll see a sermon outline. You can take that sermon outline and follow along with us and fill in the, the statements that are in red up here on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 6, the first thing we need to know is that Paul actually wrote two letters to this young evangelist by the name of Timothy and actually one letter to this guy by the name of Titus, to which biblical students call these letters the pastoral epistles, right? And in the pastoral epistles, we see the formation of a church in Ephesus and the formation of a church in, in Crete. And what we see is we see Paul reminding Timothy that the work of the church in the world is hard work. That the work of the church in the world is hard work. And he reminds young Timothy that Satan would be waging war on the church and its leaders every single day. And one of the ways that Satan would tempt the people of God was through the distractions associated with the desire to have stuff or to have money, amen? And that was one of the key ways that Satan would infiltrate the church and to keep them tied up and distracted and busy. So Paul tells Timothy to flee these things and to fight the good fight of faith. And as we read this passage, it, it is so, so crystal clear that the church is at war. The church is at war. And that you are a soldier with a mission to advance the cause of Christ in the world. And that's what it means to be a Christian. And what's so crazy and what's so exciting is that uh, we're fighting against an enemy who can't win. <laughs> we already know the end of the story. We already know who wins the war. The enemy can't win. But guess what? Satan can defeat us individually if we try to fight our spiritual battles without the help of God. And that's why we communicate to every person in the world, look, you need God in your life in order to make it through this stuff that we have to deal with in the flesh. Um, so this morning, if you look at your outline, uh, we've got a... a, a question really question number three and on question number three I want to I want to give you four characteristics in my opinion of what a good soldier is okay four characteristics of what a good soldier is and and I don't have uh, these up on the screen okay I don't have them up on the screen I'm gonna read them slowly so you can so you can follow along but here's a key verse that I want you to highlight and write down and copy and keep with you okay because we're gonna come back to it as I give you the four characteristics of a good soldier. It says here, join with me in suffering 
And many of you who have been in uniform, you know that at times it feels like you're suffering, right? Suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. So the question is, really, how can we learn to become a good soldier so that we don't get entangled with, with civilian affairs so that we can please so that we can please God, please God. Well, I've got four points for our learning this morning, and I would just, I'm going to read them off slowly so you can stay with me and just fill in some of these principles, and I guarantee you that they will bless your, your walk of faith in your life. So what's the first characteristic of a good soldier? Well, one, a good soldier is a follower. Write that down. A good soldier is a follower. You know, the first thing that you learn upon entering into any branch of the military is you learn to follow. Am I right about that? For those of you who have served, uh, that's what basic training is all about, right? So when you go to basic cha- training, you're told when to wake up. You're told how to make your bunk, right? You're, you're told and taught how to march. You're taught how to wear your uniform. And, and everybody is supposed to follow. And military life, we know, is, is uh, this, just stick with me, is pretty simple if you just follow the instructions. Amen? Military life is pretty straightforward and simple if you follow the instructions and don't ask questions. Right? Am I right about it? So the story goes, uh, in order to become a commissioned officer, uh, I had to learn uh, to swim. Now, I'm one of those guys growing up that I I stayed away from water because I had a very difficult experience with water. I almost drowned when I was 13 years old. I was in West Point, New York. My father was stationed there, and there was this pond where all the pretty girls and popular guys used to swim. And they would swim out to this, this dock that was in the middle of the pond. And if you were cool, you went and swam out there and you hung out with people. Me not knowing how to swim, I said, you know, I got this. Because I know how to doggy paddle. Amen. So I hopped in that pond and I started doggy paddling. And the thing about doggy paddling is you put forth a lot of effort and you go, don't go too far. Amen. So as I was swimming out there, I began to sink, and I remember saying to myself, I'm going to die. I remember saying that to myself. I went down, I came back up, and I was struggling. I said, Jason, just let it go. So I let myself sink to the bottom of the pond. Luckily, back in those days, I had an afro. (laughs) I did. It's true. It's true. It's when it was the style back in the 90s, right? And I had a friend that pulled me out by my hair and drug me to the pond. So... Long story short to say, look, I had trouble. When I swim, I, I, I swim underneath the water. Does that make sense, right? I, I don't float too well. So I had to pass a swim test in order to get my commission, and we had to swim, I think, for like 25 minutes straight continually. Right? And I remember doing that swim test, and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, there's no way, right? And my instructor said, Jason, just follow exactly what I'm telling you to do, Cadet Darden. Fill your lungs with, breath, with, with air and float on your back. And I said, I can't. And he said, just do it. And I said, fine, I'll do it. I took a big breath 
and I laid on my back, and guess what? I started to float. I couldn't believe it. There's something about following instructions that can help you get through things, right? But oftentimes we think we know better. The scripture tells us that we're fighting a spiritual battle and spiritually we've just got to follow the instructions and don't ask questions. What does the Bible say? Well, follow it. Do it. That's point number one. A good soldier is a follower. Point number two is this. A good soldier is a fighter. A good soldier is a fighter. A good soldier knows how to use a weapon. You see, you learn all about your weapon when you first join the military. You're even called to memorize the social, uh, the serial number on your weapon. When you get it, you're called to memorize that thing. Back when I was first enlisted. And the first thing that you're taught is muzzle awareness, right? For all our military folks, muzzle awareness, am I right? So when you get your weapon, you can't just say, look, this is cool, right? The first thing you're called to do is to have muzzle awareness. And usually you keep your muzzle parallel to the marching surface or it's up in the air or it's on your back, up or down, not here or there, okay? Why are we called to have muzzle awareness? Because you can kill your battle buddy through friendly fire. Have you heard about that before? You can kill your battle buddy through friendly fire if you're not careful. You see, the Bible, this book right here, is a weapon that we need to know inside and out. We need to memorize what it says. We need to study it. But guess what? We also have to be very, very careful with this thing. Because we can kill our buddies with this. And that's why the scripture says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling the word of truth. With this, we can bless people, but with this, we can also destroy and hurt people. So a good soldier knows how to use his weapon, which is the scripture. Good soldier is a fighter. That's point number two. Point number three is this. A good soldier knows his enemy. A good soldier knows his enemy. Write that down. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11 says this, In order that Satan might not do what? Outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. I find it very interesting that when we look at Satan throughout Scripture, he is called a serpent, right? The deceiver. He's always scheming. He's always conniving. He's trying to figure out ways to destroy us. So uh, one of the things that we have to be aware of is how he operates. You know, as many of you know, I'm, I'm, I have this military theme about me tomorrow's Memorial Day. Many of you know I'm starting back up my military duty within uh, the next few months or so. And, and I'm a chaplain of a military intelligence battalion. And many of you may be asking, well, what is military intelligence? What do they do? Well, military intelligence, they work. They work to gather intelligence or information about the enemy. That's one of the things that they do, right? 
So military intelligence unit, they ask these questions. Where is the enemy located? How many of the enemy are present? What type of weapons are they using? Who are they trying to target? And what is their plan of attack? You see, a good Christian is able to ask these questions about Satan. And a good soldier is able to see his enemy from a mile away. And guess what? As Christians, we, we've got to ask these questions about our enemy. And we've got to see him coming from a mile away. Otherwise, he'll sneak up on us and get us every single, every single time. Um, Satan is trying to tempt us and draw us away from God by using our weaknesses. So I'm going to be a little transparent this morning, okay? <laughs> um, my personality type, Myers-Briggs, right, if you ever study of the, any of that, is I'm, I'm an ESTP. E, oh, look, <laughs> I'm an ESTP. And basically what that means is I, I have to stay busy and I'm goal-oriented. That's my whole MO. That's how I operate. I have to stay busy, and I have to have a project, and I have to be working towards something. Otherwise, I get myself into mess. You know what the Scripture says. Um, idle hands, or you, you've heard the statement, right? Idle hands is the devil's playground, right? So for this man, Jason Darden, I have to be working towards a goal and be busy. Otherwise, I feel purposeless and I get myself into situations that I don't need to be in. Uh, when I was about 13, I learned this lesson early. I was about 13 years old. I lived next door to this family who had a dog. It was a black dog, and the dog's name was Ebony. All right? I'll never forget it. And Ebony was this chow mixed with something other. Ugly, ugly dog. Right? I'm sorry, I know we're animal lovers here, but it was an ugly dog, right? Every day I would come outside, I'm telling you, every day I would come outside, Ebony would bark at me. And Ebony was always chained up to some kind of something or other behind the fence. Uh, and I used to get so upset with Ebony, right? Because sometimes my mom would come outside and hang clothes on the clothesline, and Ebony would jump over the fence, right? Break free and jump over the fence and chase my mom. And I used to get so upset, I couldn't stand Ebony. One summer, my dad was deployed to um, Iraq, he was in the Gulf War, and I was there with my mother, and it was summertime, and I had nothing to do. I had no purpose. And my mom said, you need to find something to do. I said, I have nothing to do. And then I said, you know what? It dawned on me. I can take out Ebony. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. So I remember going outside, and I grew up in southeast Georgia. I, I got a big bucket of those sharp pine cones, the ones that haven't spread out all the way. You know what I'm talking about, the ones that are still condensed and hard, right? Got a big bucket of them, and I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a little target practice to see how many times I can bean ebony. I'm terrible. So I'm outside, and I'm having a good old time. And I threw about 10 pine cones, and on the 10th one, ebony broke free and jumped the fence and came right at me and bit the back of my leg, right? Tell that story, a long story, I know. But I know how Satan likes to get me. When I'm not busy and I'm not goal-oriented and I'm not doing something, I get myself into trouble. I say that because you need to know your enemy. You need to know your weak spots, and you need to know how Satan throws things your way. Maybe you have a problem with anger. 
don't worry, Satan's going to put something your way to get that to come out of you. Maybe you have a problem with, with finances and money and, 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 and gathering up and hoarding, and, and, and Satan's going to find some way to get to you. Maybe you have a problem with chemical substances or depression or, or you fill in the blank. Satan knows your weakness and he's going to pop that area, poke on that area every single time. You've got to know that. And then lastly, a good soldier, write this one down, is a team player. A good soldier is a team player. And this is probably the most important. A good soldier is a team player. You know, every morning in the military when you're on active duty or doing some kind of movement to contact drills or whatever, you're called to have formation, morning formation. And when you're in formation, typically what we do is we do a roll call to make sure that everyone is present that is supposed to be present, right? And you have squad leaders that are supposed to look down the line to their left and the right to make sure that everyone that's supposed to be there is there. Every soldier is vitally important to the unit. If a soldier is absent, typically what we do is we wait until he or she is located before we do our movement exercises because we don't want to leave anybody behind. If a soldier is not present, guess what? The soldier next to him has to carry double the weight because that person is not there. They got to carry their load. That's how important it is to be present. In my opinion, the church is, the church assembly is really like a formation. And God wants all of his soldiers to be present every time we gather together for formation. He wants all his soldiers present. And there is work to be done, and there is a mission to accomplish, and we need everyone present and actively serving within the church if we're going to win this spiritual battle that we're facing. Vitally important to realize that a good soldier is a team player. You see, I'm looking out for the best interests of my battle buddy. It's not just all about me, but I'm looking out for my, my buddy, right? As we close this morning, I want to leave you with some, uh, some practical application, okay? Practical application. Uh, the first passage that I want to, I want to look at before we, we continue on is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. And you guys know this passage. You've studied it. You, you've read it before. Uh, it says, for the soldier, you have to make sure that you put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. All right, if you hadn't read that verse or hadn't studied that, I would encourage you to study the whole Ephesians 6 passage. It's powerful. It tells us as soldiers, we must remember, soldiers of the Lord, we must remember to keep all of our armor on. So practical application, I think uh, on, uh, well, I've got one more passage. We'll get there. I'm, hold number four, we're going to get to that one because I want to leave you with something. But practical application, let's move down. Great sermon, now what? What do you want me to do with this material, Jason, that you, that you just shared uh, with me. Well, first of all, practically, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make some, some, some headway uh, this week um, in, in these three areas. Number one, first thing that I want you to do, and, and don't look at your neighbor's paper, okay? I want you to write down one of your weaknesses, one of those exposed areas where you know you have trouble in and you know that Satan likes to poke at. 
I want you to write that down this morning. You can do that now. Write it down. And neighbors, mind your business. Mind your <laughs> Don't look at your neighbors. Just write it down. Okay? I want you to write that down. Uh, what does the enemy tempt you with? What are those, one of those, those weak spots? So that's the first thing I want you to do. Write it down. And if you don't write it down on paper, just keep it in your mind. Because right? I see some of you guys. I'm not putting that down. Um, here's, here's the second thing I want you to do. When you're tempted in that area, or when you know Satan is working your nerves, like my mom used to say to me all the time, you're working my nerves, right? When that happens, I want you to stop, and I want you to pray. I don't think we do that enough. You know, typically what we do, and I think this is the right step, we say, hey, what's that scripture that I remembered to help combat me, to, to keep me away from those things that will give me energy, to keep me away what I want you to do is whenever you're tempted, whenever that, 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 that weak spot is exposed and you feel Satan working you, I want you to stop and to pray. Stop and pray. Okay? Will you do that this week? Stop and pray. And I'm telling you, it works wonders. And then lastly, uh, another thing that I want you to do, and this goes back to uh, our first... Uh, passage of scripture, or second one, is I want you to memorize 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Can you do that? Commit that to memory this week. If you haven't memorized it yet, it's a great one to memorize, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, memorize that, okay? Please do that. I guarantee it'll bless your life. So I want to close uh, with this passage. Um, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and, uh, and verse number 6. I want to encourage all of our soldiers here this morning, all of us who are in uniform for the Lord, to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them, for the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm of the firm belief that God wants to be close to us. This morning, I want to let you know that God loves you so much that he just wants to, he wants to be close to you. He wants to love on you. He wants to embrace you. He loves you, and he loves all his children. And the scripture says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And what I do know is that God is in this place this morning. And there might be some of you that are not as close to God as you need to be. God wants to love on you. And the question is, will you let him love on you? And someone might ask, well, what, what is God's love like? To what can I compare it? I want to close with a clip about a father's love for his children. And I think it's the same type of love that God has for us, and he wants to embrace us in this way. So we're going to close with this, and after this clip is played, if there's anyone that needs to respond to the invitation, you can come when, when Ed leads us in song. For several adorable seconds today, Technical Sergeant John Graydon stood behind his son, waiting for precisely the right moment to make his presence known. And then, like a good military man... Can I sit here? He found his opening. Dad? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
15-year-old Joshua, who has Down syndrome and radiates joy on a daily basis, was simply overwhelmed. But not so much as to forget his manners, because every good meeting starts with a proper introduction. Hey, buddy, this is my dad. Hi. But the sergeant's day was not done yet, because this proud dad also has a daughter. And as dads of daughters know, surprises sometimes require going the extra mile on your hands and knees, if need be. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? Hey, is this seat open? Daddy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. And sing together, may God receive our hearts as we receive him. My heart, my mind.